Hello, Restoration Church. Nathan here, sitting alongside Joey once again, as we continue to bring you this uh, podcast series on spiritual warfare. This is episode number three. Three. So uh, we've thought about a number of things. This is an important topic. The reason why we're doing this is because the New Testament is constantly warning the church against the way and the wiles of the evil one. Is that how you define spiritual warfare? How would you define it? Yeah, spiritual warfare is fighting against the evil one for the glory of Christ. I want to get both sides in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And so that's why we're doing this. We want to just call attention to the fact that we need to be alert, uh, that there are uh, sheep that are uh, that are wolves that are in sheep clothing around us. The evil one's trying to take us down. And so we just want to be attentive to the ways of the enemies that we might fight victoriously. So, so. Yeah, just so a couple reviews. So the first episode, we talked about how this warfare is common. It often creeps in unnoticed. It comes oftentimes within the church. Lap episode, Joey, what did we talk about? We, we talked about how, how God is sovereign, and so he is over, however you want to work that out, uh-huh. causing or allowing. He is over any trials or temptations that we may may come into our life. But God's disposition is one of goodness and benevolence to build us in our faith. Mm-hmm. Satan's disposition is to break us in our faith, to tear us down, to get us to believe lies about God, that we would stop trusting and treasuring him. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't trust God and we don't treasure him, well, then we're going to pursue sinful disobedience and rebellion. And so, and then we talked about a couple of ways Satan goes about doing that. So, yeah, suffering, we mentioned, we talked about the urge of wrong, of the wrong fulfillment of natural desires. Um, So there's natural desires, we pursue them in the wrong way that God would have us to. We talked about the need to, uh, how he often gets us to be idle or careless or to be overly assertive. And he oftentimes at the end of the day, when it all comes down to it, just get us to believe lies about God, that we would live in those and walk out those lies in yeah. sin. Yeah. And I think that's so helpful is that when I think about spiritual warfare, I can think of a, this mysterious thing that's happening in the, the heavenly realms, which is true. There's, I yeah. mean, you go read Daniel, there's stuff happening. We pray and stuff happens spiritually, yeah. but it's also, when I look at the Bible, the very first spiritual warfare was, did God really say? Yeah. And yeah. so being reminded at the end of the day, anytime I'm tempted to doubt God's goodness or mistrust or distort his character, yeah. I'm entering into a battlefront of spiritual warfare. That's right. In the way that you think or the way that you live. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, so today, let's talk about, now that we've kind of diagnosed some things. Yeah, we've kind of been at the abstract level. Let's get a little bit more practical. Yeah. So let's talk about defense and offense. Yeah. There And so... Uh, if you were to, what is the, the, the defensive way of entering into the spiritual battlefield? Yeah, this would be the kind of, um, gut, cutting off the hand, gouging out the eye, that kind of stuff. The kind of stuff that- Where do you get that language? Cutting off the hand, gouging Jesus. out the eye? That sounds very radical, Nathan. <laughs> it is radical. <laughs> Gouge out eye, cut off hand, yeah. So, yeah, so Jesus is calling us to this, to be radical about this. Um, so yeah, so this is the, that kind of warfare. This is the defensive side. Let's talk about that for a minute. This it's, will not be the kind of stuff that will win the day. That's right. And that, I think that's important is sometimes in our, in our Christian walk, we can define it by defense yeah. or by what we kind of these, these, what we shouldn't do or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's part of the, the battle, but that's not, yeah. that's not the most important part even. Yeah. The best defense yeah. is a good offense, yeah. which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. That's exactly so, right. But so we anyway, do need to think about some, oh, absolutely. some uh, defensive things that we can do very practically to fight this warfare, to put on our spiritual armor and to fight against the evil one. And so 
Uh, most notably, the way that we uh, go about doing good defense is we need to eliminate or minimize the kind of person places of sinful temptation, wherever they are. Try to eliminate them or minimize them. Uh, in terms of our proximity to them, the ways, remember last time we talked about the internal, uh, kind of stuff of warfare and the external, namely societal. So we're, uh, we're aware of some of our personal, uh, in sin inclinations and we're aware of how society's getting us to believe lies and we eliminate or minimize the access to those lies. Yeah. Or, or placing ourselves in positions where I know my own natural inclinations are going to be so strong mm-hmm. that it might take me in a way I don't want to go. That's right. Uh, I think so, about Proverbs 5, 8. This is the adulterous woman speaking where it says, keep your way far from her and do, go, do not go near the door of her house. Yeah. And one of my favorite verses in all the, the Bible. The next chapter. Yeah. Proverbs 6, 27. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? That's right. So that's, that's in the realm of sexual immorality, but I think that's true of really any sin. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so let's talk about a couple of ways that we're going to be tempted. So there's a very specific way Satan is going to tempt us. Remember, these are, these are not just abstract temptations. This is spiritual warfare. This is battling for your affections for yep. Christ. Yep. And one of the ones that's common from the first pages of scripture to the last is sexual immorality. That's right. It's a huge and one so in our society. How would, what would it look like to cut off your hand, gouge out your eye when it comes to fornication, pornography, adultery, any of those things that we're going to be tempted toward? Yeah, so again, we're trying to just, we're trying to eliminate or minimize our access to those things. So for instance, if there is someone in particular, uh, like a physical person that is a tempting person to you that's potentially dragging you down a bad place, uh, you need to remove yourself from that relationship. And if you can't entirely remove it, let's say it's a boss or something, do the kinds of things that will have you to be minimized, that will be minimized in proximity to that person. Yeah. Uh, and invite accountability. If you can't right. necessarily remove yourself, invite invite correction and insight from from others, and let people know you're being tempted. Yeah, I'm, I remember uh, discipling a brother uh, when he was at GW, and he talked about how he knew there was this particular road he went down, and for whatever reason, there would be a lot of uh, people that weren't dressed very modestly. And so, what he would do is, in order to uh, eliminate that uh, that particular place of temptation, he just stopped walking down that road and went other roads. So that's a way of either eliminating or minimizing that as it relates to uh, sexual immorality. Yeah. Obvious ones, things like covenant eyes are there to help us. That's a defensive mechanism. Go ahead, Nathan. Tell everybody to get a flip phone. Yes. Have <laughs> mercy. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. There's. This is a bit of a box for me, but folks, I, think, I wish you could see Nathan yes, right now. He's got I, his gloves out. He's going at it. He's well, going I, at I, it. Here I, we go. I think we. I think we think that this this thing in our hands, this smartphone is some sort of right. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And if you can't handle the privilege, get rid of it. Do you realize that for most of human history, most people did not use this smartphone? I think it's oftentimes making us dumb, but I digress. Yeah. Anyway. Get yes. a flip phone. But there are ways you can, as I've said even in past episodes, you can make your smartphone, smartphone dumb. dumb. Yes, but many of you should probably get a flip phone. But anyway. I read somewhere, it was actually a millennial, it was an article that I was reading in wired or something but they said amongst millennials flip phones is coming back i i, Hallelujah. I, I find that hard to believe good. but uh, anyways the lord right. and, and i'm encouraged by people in our church they're doing this yeah you know yeah, because right. they are they're they're doing this stuff we're yeah, talking about access. they're fighting yeah absolutely yeah, they're absolutely. fighting i love that how about greed i mean that that's one i mean when you read the bible it, it calls greed idolatry. Yes, it does. Covetousness idolatry. Yeah. You we, know, and so what would be some ways people could could yeah. fight against that area of spiritual Money is warfare? the root of all sorts of evil. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got to fight hard, especially in a very materialistic society where we have a lot of extra money, disposable income. So how can we fight against this? What are some defensive things we can do? Well, delete apps on the phone. So if you've got Amazon.com on your phone and it's really easy to just click it and do one, what is it? What's the it's thing? One, one, one click purchase. purchase I yeah, think. one click purchase, stuff like that. Make it hard. Make it difficult. Um, so don't go shopping. You know, like you may think that like you're, you're inclined towards making a lot of money so you can go buy a lot of clothes. Now there's a deeper problem going on there, but sure. nevertheless, if we're you, talking defense, this is not the solution. That's right. The whole solution, part of the solution. Yeah. And so if you're inclined, I'm not saying you should never go, nor am I saying, I've said this before. If I see you at a shopping mall, I'm not going to think evil thoughts about you, but there are sometimes we need to just stop doing that. Yeah. We should, we can, uh, one way of defense is this is kind of an offensive thing, but when it comes to greed is we can give money to a, to to give money away, but also give some of our additional money to a trusted source. Mm. Uh, I've had people do that with me and just say, here's some money. Listen, I'm tempted to spend this. Can you just hold on to it for me? And I was so encouraged this past week. One of the one of the members in our church who is, who is not married and so they're managing their finances by themselves brought me the their last couple months of spending and just said, Perfect. Joey, am, great. Do, do you think I'm living in a way that's stewardings for yeah. the glories of God? Yeah, that's kind it was of un- often, but that's good. Yeah, but it was so unprompted so and just so humble that yeah. she wanted to she wanted to make sure greed wasn't gripping her heart. Amen. So anyway, yeah. Love it. So how about gossip and slander? There's another way Satan's gonna tempt us to yep. slander, to be gossips. Yep. And at the at the root of gossip and slander and complaining and bitterness oftentimes is a lack of appreciation for what God is up to, the good things that he's done, and a lack, therefore, of thankfulness. Yeah. And so we need to be – one way that we can work against gossip, slander, complaining, bitterness defensively is by being slow to speak and quick to listen. Right. Uh, that's what yeah. Solomon would have us to do. That's right. If we're tempted towards slander and complaining, talk less, you know? Uh, if you know that, like, maybe a topic comes up, be mindful of it. There's that be alert yeah. and try and not bring it up. Another one? Drunkenness. Yeah. In terms of, you know, uh, people are tempted toward drunkenness or other types of, of uh, abuse of substances or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with, with alcohol, yep. there is a legal way to do it. But if you can't. Control it. Keep it out of your home. That's Again, right. eliminate yep. your access yep. to it. Yep. Uh, talk to friends who will help you and invite correction from roommates, community group yep. members, spouse, whatever it may be, uh, to eliminate, to cut off a hand, gouge out the eye. And if you can't control it, just decide I'm not going to partake at all. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. So idolatry. This can be all kinds of things. Work, relationship, sports, create boundaries, create good habits, uh, about those things. If you find yourself uh, reading too many things about it, you find yourself working too many hours to gain a position. These are reasons that you're. These are things that I uh, that would expose the fact that idolatry is happening. And I'm so encouraged by a lot of folks. You guys are talking to your bosses and saying, "Listen, I'm not going to work on Sundays or I'm not going to work on Saturdays." Create boundaries because I have found in discipling a lot of people now for almost nine years in this city, most of bosses are actually willing to work with you. But because people don't say anything, they just keep working 70 hours. That's an idol if you're doing that to grow in your own status. And I think in terms of that ideology, even having the category of a good thing can quickly become an ultimate thing. That's right. And so just recognizing that's part of what we were made to worship, and we're going to worship something. St. Louis Cardinals baseball, good, right? Being totally uh, enthralled with the St. Louis dispatch to know what's going on all the time about trade rumors, not good. 
gone too far. So, so there you go. So then, then perhaps one we've talked on quite a bit so far is false teaching. Yeah. This is going to be another uh, yeah. way that we need to we need to have some defense. Yeah. About false teaching. So again, what would that look like? Yeah. So you're you're trying to be more uh, careful with the people that you're listening to. You're getting feedback as to who you're listening to don't just read a book because it's the new popular thing it might be really bad so uh you're defensively trying to be a little bit suspicious when you see something get popular i've often said this that if i was joel osteen i would be saying to myself what am i doing wrong that so many people like what i'm saying when jesus was crucified for what he said yeah so i'm not saying just to be clear that you can't have mega churches i'm just making a point there and defensive. I, yeah, and I think part of that is if you, when you read a book, invite others to read it with you yep. and, and discern it, sift through. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can grow by reading something that's not sound or whatever, but by worth making them think through with a grid and fight, use our mind to fight for what is true and good. Yeah, so that's the defense, Joey. So we've so, talked about the ways in which we're trying to defend against it. We're trying to eliminate or minimize the person and the places of sinful temptation where the evil one can get us with the internal problems of sinful inclinations or external societal kind of stuff. Right. Trying to stay away from that. Be defensive. Don't watch TV programs. Uh, don't go to places that are going to bring us in. Okay, but as we said, defense won't win the day, Joey. That's right. That's right. So we need a good offense. So... Let's walk through some ways in which we can be more offensive. These are going to be the kind of things that are going to help us really win when it comes to spiritual warfare. So this is not necessarily – this is a proactive pursuit of Christ. That's right. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, a robust and regular prayer life. So talk about that. What do you mean by that? Uh, so, so robust – it's well rounded. I'm not just focusing on my personal life, mm-hmm. but I'm focused. I'm, I maybe take the Lord's prayer. Where does it start? The hallowing of God's name. Yes. Both adore Him and then pray that He would hallow His name. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm focusing on the nations, His kingdom coming on earth as is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not just focusing on myself and my immediate needs. I might get there, mm-hmm. but that's not. I'm not the center of my prayer life. I'm, I'm not praying s- for my enemies. Praying for my enemies, yeah. praying for churches to be planted, praying yeah. for people to come to know Christ. Yeah. I'm also not just focusing on, Lord, give me another job or give me a spouse or give me a ex. I'm, yeah. Lord, despite what I face, let my heart be content in Christ. In other words, I'm praying not just for heart circumstances, level. but heart level yeah. types of Repentance things. is um, happening. God, forgive me for this. I thought this or I did that. Right. God, forgive me. And even I found this to be helpful too in when it comes to a robust prayer life is I'm trying to be specific. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, so God, when I go to have lunch today with whoever, God, would you help me to be, uh, would you help me to speak encouragement to him? And if I see that happen on the way home, I'll just say, God, I ask for that. Thank you. Yeah. Specificity is so good in prayer because it reminds us one, God is a God of details. Yes. And two, it more, it allows us to see his work more regularly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes I think we don't pray specific enough because we're afraid, well, if God doesn't answer, well, then he does. Yeah, but but yeah. that that's... He's going to work it out. Yeah, it's going right. to be fine. That's right. So it needs yeah. to be robust and regular. Yeah, so yeah. just meaning we need to pray regularly. That's right. Daily, yeah. Yeah. you know, without ceasing before meals. Don't be perfunctory. Take time and thank God. That's right. Uh, spend so many opportunities. Sitting on a bus, riding the metro. Just take... It doesn't have to be long. You know, you might just see something and pray for it, Just but it has to be regular. If you are not praying because you say you're you're too busy... You have an idol. That's right. And so here's one of the – I was talking to a brother the other day. He said, I'm going to have a hard time praying prayers that are not just centered on myself. I said, 
Just look at our app, click the blog button, and every week the the prayer that we pray in corporate service, the big long prayer, yeah. we also try to post it on the app. And if you've got nothing else to pray, just start praying that prayer. It's yeah. going to lead you to pray in a way that places hopefully God and the gospel at the center, not just yourself. Yeah. So anyway, read those prayers. Read the prayers in the Bible. Yeah. Valley Vision is a good resource. Just right. re- read those prayers. Just regularly and robustly praying is a good offense. Joey, what else is a good offense? Bible. Yes. Robust and regular. I'm Bible sure somebody's saying like now they're rolling their eyes, sitting there listening to this podcast. Oh gosh, here we go. Bible prayer. Have you tried it? Amen. That's my next question. All right. So what, I mean, so <laughs> if you were to think about robust Bible reading, Nathan, you're not just going to sit down and read as many pages as possible. What, how would you instruct our people offensively to battle Satan yeah. with the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? Yeah. So there's a robust understanding of the Bible in that it's not just one dimensional. Uh, you are aware of the theme of the Bible. Uh, you're aware of the themes of the Bible. You're aware of the gospel in the Bible. You're aware, you at least begin to have some categories. What's going on in the Pentateuch? What's going on in the prophets? What's going on in the epistles? What is going on in Revelation? You just get a captured, uh, you're, you're having a, a robust understanding of what's just going on throughout all of scripture. I had a, I had lunch today with a brother. I was so encouraged by him because I asked him, you know, were you encouraged by Deuteronomy? And he said, yes. And he immediately started making application into Judges because he was already aware of the, what was going on in the book of Judges. That's a good way to fight offensively. He's aware. He's got good biblical studies. He's aware of the themes of the Bible. But also, briefly, you're trying to be well-rounded in your Bible intake by being aware of theology. Now, that's a big $10 word. Uh, I don't mean that everybody needs to run out and buy Wayne Grudem's the- Systematic Theology. I just mean— No, it's a good book. It is a good book, and you should try to read it if you if you have the time, and it would be a good use of your uh, time um, if you have it. But more than anything, we're just trying to think good thoughts about God, right? So, good thoughts about God. So for sim- for for an example, if if the, the Scriptures say something about don't lie, just ask the question, like, why? Yeah. Why is that wrong? What is and it try about to- lying? Place it in a yeah. theology of a God. Yeah. Why lying is wrong. Yeah. I think, I think about theology, systematic theology, much like I think of a, like the rooms in a house, right? They all kind of have different ideas that are addressing different things. So just be aware of theological categories about who God is, uh, about the church, about sin, about the gospel, about, uh, whatever case may be. These kind of think theologically, think thoughts about God. But also, we're robustly reading the Bible, which means, by the way, memorizing and meditating on Scripture. That's another way to fight against uh, the evil one is yeah, by I mean, having the Word. You think about Jesus in the garden, uh, not that it wasn't written to give us an example to memorize Scripture, but it's really useful to think that's how Jesus fought that's exactly against right. Scripture. You know? It is written. It yeah, is it written. written. It was right off his head. It was right in his head and his heart. Memorize the Scripture in your heart that you might not sin. That's right. Psalm 1911. Regularly. What would that look like, Joey, to regularly be reading it? So we've talked about being aware of these ideas. That's a robust understanding of it. But what would it look like to regularly be taking it in for the purposes of warfare? Yeah, so I think that there's a a daily component of reading God's Word. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what to read at Restoration Church, just read the passage that we're going to preach the next week. You know what that's going to be from now until the end of May. Every day? Absolutely, because you're going to see something different, especially when we're going through Judges, and it's a couple chapters at a time. And so if you don't know what else to read, do that. And But it's not just uh, individually. I think that's when we say, read your Bible, people hear, read my Bible. But this is also a corporate endeavor. If you think most of church history, they didn't have personal Bibles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's right. They 
read the yeah. Bible together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even in Paul's, some of Paul's letters, he said, take this and read it to the other city. Yeah. Uh, and so I think talking about the sermons afterwards, being, being involved in discipling relationships where you're, you're talking about the things of God as they come up in scripture, community groups is another easy way to, and so if you just follow the regular rhythm of Restoration Church, mm-hmm. your Bible intake will be yeah. pretty healthy. Yeah. But that's not the only way. Yeah, yeah. There's all different kinds of other ways. I know people that listen to the Bible being read to them on the way into in and out of work. Uh, so, yeah. So, and most importantly, one of the ways that we regularly fight against uh, the evil one and have Bible intake is by regularly rehearsing the gospel. Oh, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I'm not. This is who I'm not. This is who Satan is. This is what his fate is. I'm rehearsing those biblical truths every single day. All the time, because he's going to try to get us to believe lies. That's right. And that, that leads us to the third offense in this, is that sometimes, or a lot of times, I need people around that to do that for me, yeah. to remind me who I am in Christ, to remind me what the gospel is, yeah. to remind me that that Christ is good, he mm-hmm. is beautiful, that God is gracious. And so it's robust Bible, robust prayer, and robust kind of meaningful membership in the life of a gospel community. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We need people around us. We cannot do this alone. God's always talking about a people. Yeah, so we need other. God is community and with himself. And so if we're going to actually win in this warfare, we've got to be doing this life together with other people, meaningfully involved, not just showing up on Sundays, but you're known to your pastors. Your pastors know you. You've joined a church. Uh, you're not only receiving the ministry of the church, but you're serving the church in some ways. Right. You're inviting insight to things. You're inviting correction. Mm-hmm. Joey, you and I have done this with each other numerous times. Wow. You know, when we were talking about children, we were thinking about, you no longer having any more children. And, and so Andy and I talked about that together. We prayed and then we came to you and Paige and said, here's what we're thinking. Can, can you tell us what's off here? So that's going to help us fight against sin in our own yeah. life. And same thing with community group. Again, if, if my, my life is marked by a regular rhythm of being in community group, I'm going to get to know uh, others during the discussion and fellowship and prayer, but also in that time of accountability. Mm-hmm. I have brothers. They know my struggles. They know where I struggle with my identity in Christ. They know the idolatry that can hide in my heart. And so they're very – they're happy to ask me oh. into my life. And so – So when you do all of this stuff together, right, this sounds like a lot what we just said, 20-something minutes of talking about this. But, guys, here's – I'm just going to make it really simple for you. Create – Really simple daily habits, weekly habits, where you're cultivating this stuff. Whether it's five minutes, five seconds, or five hours, you're just regularly praying, regularly reading and rehearsing the gospel in the Bible, talking to people, you're going to church, you're going to community group. That's all we're talking about, just meaningfully being involved in that stuff. That is a great offense. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of wrap this back up into this series of spiritual warfare mm-hmm. is remembering that's what's happening. Yeah. There is a battle going on. There is that's spiritual right. warfare going on. And so when I read my Bible, when I pray, it's not just this this drudgery that God commands me to do. I'm fighting for joy in Christ. Is, I'm enjoying him. That's why the Bible uses the language of soldiering a lot. Like soldiers don't just wander off into the battlefield, right? That's right. They're disciplined for the sake of winning. And we've already won in Christ, but we want to grow up into that victory. That's right. Yeah. So that's why Ephesians 6 put on the armor of God every day. So, mm-hmm. beloved, we love you. We're thankful for you. May we continue to pursue Christ and find our joy in him together. 